Uh. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to the world's first episode of Trent Talk, the Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure, Trent Reznor. I'm your host, Shia Carey, and with me today is your also host, Claire Dickerson. And uh, today we're going to be dropping into the discography of Trent Reznor at uh, definitely the greatest possible point. This is this is Halo One, his very first release. It was a teaser for Pretty Hate Machine, which was released in what year, Claire? Nineteen eighty-nine. That's correct. The year that I was born. Also, the year that the Berlin Wall fell. Lots of cool things happening in eighty-nine. I was. But too this notably. was not one of them, because down in it is a fucking horrible EP. It's an EP. Yep. Oh. Yeah. EP. So yep. LP is the long one. Yep. That's what the L is for. Yep. Okay. You think EP is like extended play, so it's like singles and stuff? Right, okay. Don't uh, quote me on that. I don't do music. Anyway. Okay, okay. So but the gist of this podcast is we'd like to expose people abroad to the wonderful music of Trent Reznor and his very interesting life story. His career's gone through so many different phases. He's had so many different identities. He's influenced so many genres of music and film. And yeah, like the, the, the tuxedo wearing Trent you see now accepting <laughs> Oscars, like was once like this, this, this raver who like was tearing down the music industry with Pretty Hate Machine. Covered in dirt and mud. Yeah, yeah, the music I video wish for that. Wish, I feel like. I can't wait to get to that. I know. But uh, today we're in hell. Because <laughs> we are down in it. We're down in uh. it. <laughs> So you want to you give us a quick intro uh, about uh, Down In It? Um, well, it is a children's tale of a man who <laughs> broke up with his first love. I don't really know, honestly. Um, going over this single has been a very exasperating experience. <laughs> so it's three remixes of one track. Yeah. So we have the one normal track, uh, the one that seems normal but then has some fiery sounds at the end and never ends. And then we have this one, this oh, single. Oh, wait a minute, hang on. There's there's one thing we haven't mentioned quite yet. Yeah. Which is that Trent Reznor is a member of a, a certain group called Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I guess, well, okay. Rewind. <laughs> Talking about Nine Inch Nails. Um, which is kind of a group, but it's also mostly a personal identity because he was the only static member of Nine Inch Nails. So when we're talking about Nine Inch Nails, we're more or less talking about Trent. They're but synonymous. I'll, I'll nerd out and talk entirely too much about members of the band later on, so don't worry about that. Um, yeah. So I'd like to give just a really brief intro to Trent Reznor's early life because he mm -hmm. just seems like the American everyman to me. Like his journey like resonates with me because he was just such a regular dude. And then he achieved like unbelievable amounts of stardom and almost, I mean, I'm not going to say he invented the genre of industrial dance music, but he really brought it into the mainstream, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, Closer, like everybody knows Closer. Oh my God. Like that's, that is a cultural touchstone for so many. And, yeah. and he came from such humble beginnings. And for me, like one of the things I wonder about Trent all the time is like, where does all that pain come from? <laughs> I mean, I understand growing up in like bumfuck nowhere, like, you know, you want to get out of, like you're, you're sick of all these constraints and there's yeah. so little to do. But as, like, a, as a member of, as a person who grew up in the Midwest, I can tell you that there's a lot of angst that right. comes uh, from being in that culture. <laughs> right. 
So, Claire, you're from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. I lived there for almost 29 years until recently moving to California. Yes. Yes. And I've lived in California my entire life. I was born in Silicon Valley. And then I got priced out of there because of the of the of the Googles and the <laughs> Facebooks and Apple computers, which uh, have destroyed my hometown completely. Mm, so mm-hmm. I've now been exiled to Southern California, which is cool with me because the weather here is great and I can do stand up comedy once in a while. Yeah. So all of this beautiful technology that we are um, on today, bringing you this podcast, has ruined. Shia's upbringing. I mean, I'm not going to say ruin. <laughs> it is a bit like the Goonies, as Kumail Nagiani once told me. So, name drop. Ow, ow, ow. Anyway, so anyway. Uh, speaking of early lives, uh-huh. Trent Reznor was born in Mercer, Pennsylvania. And uh, it's sort of a classic middle America small town. Um, and he had working class parents. His dad left after his sister was born, and then he moved in with his grandparents. So, I swear to see how that tumultuous family history mm-hmm, mm-hmm. may have may have contributed to his early years yeah. of, of, of angst and pain. Um, right. He took piano lessons from a very early age. Um, he said he uh, he has mixed feelings about coming from this part of America. He didn't mind it, he said in some interviews, but then he describes it as hell on earth in others. He said it was a, a fine place to grow up in one interview. And another, he described it as a fucking piece of shit town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, so he actually, he got involved with, uh, with music from a very early age. He did musical theater in high school. Mm-hmm. He performed as Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was awarded Best in Drama. And throughout high school, it's consistently described as a very nice young man. Yeah. Which I think fits fits his character because yeah, like, absolutely. He's yeah, like in so many ways, he's just he's such a hardworking guy. He's just trying to achieve these dreams, and this is this is a really well known piece of Trent Reznor lore. That, you know how he was working as a janitor, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. at um, Right Track Records. So so he wanted to make it big in the music scene. I'm sorry, I'm really dominating. No, right do, here, this, do this, do this. You're, you're good, you're, you're good, you're good. So, he, so he, he appeared in a ton of really tiny electronic bands. So again, his piano lessons, and he studied jazz. So all that kind of weird stuff sort of came into play in these groups that no one has ever heard of since right. like 1989. But you hear uh, a lot of it in future. Yeah. Especially the fragile, yeah. which we'll get to. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, so one of the group he was in is Option 30. It's been really tough trying to track down anything they've ever done. Um, the Innocent. Uh, exotic Birds. A lot of people know Exotic Birds. Mm-hmm. That was like, I think maybe his first ever recording. I th- yeah, probably his first like time doing anything big. Um, and then he, he was in, I think this was his last band before he, he became Nine Inch Nails. He was in Slam Bamboo. Slam Bamboo. Slam Bamboo. Slam Bamboo. Um, which again, is sort of like a weird Depeche mode kind of dance pop thing. Um, and I just want to play this quick clip, which is, he's on, so he, he, to break into the music industry, his plan was to move to the big city, fucking Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> right. <laughs> Still a piece of shit middle of no. Just kidding, Cleveland. We love you. We love you. Uh, but not really. Ohio sucks. So yeah, he, he appeared on this daytime TV show, and here's here's his band getting introduced after their segment. Okay, on bass guitar over here, we have Greg Thomas. On the drums, Ron Massara. On keyboards, Trent Reznor. And on guitar, Tim Kirker. My name's Scott Hansen. And uh, I, I'm going to throw in a plug for Trent back there because when we did our feature, Scott's Kids, Trent helped out and uh, showed a nice young man some synthesizers and all that sort of stuff, too. 
Uh, you have opened for a long time. <laughs> and he's just cheesing. He's just yeah, like, well, he's just like, shut up, stop talking about Yeah, what I love, Trent's like blushing in the background <laughs> next to his keyboard right there is this big fluffy hair. Yeah. He's got this stupid grin on his face. He's like, adorable. That's, yeah, that's the Trent that we all love. You mm-hmm. know, he's, he's this lovable everyman. Oh, uh, like so it's time to introduce our co-host, Oliver the Cat. Oh, yeah. You may hear Oliver trifling around in his litter box. Yeah, um, good for him. Good. For, yeah, speaking good of, piece, job, speaking of pieces of shit. <laughs> so, Trent, <laughs> Trent worked as a janitor at Right Track Records in Cleveland until, like, I guess he swept the floor so good that some record producer said, like, hey, man, you know, I've heard, I've heard some of your music. Why don't you just... You know, after hours, come in, record, you know, get some, get some studio time, and we'll see where that goes. And believe it or not, in 1989, from those humble beginnings, came a quintessential piece of industrial dance music. Pretty hate, hate machine. machine. <laughs> um, which, which is my least favorite album. Wait, really? But yeah. yeah. Least? Least. With teeth. Yeah, pretty hate machine. Really? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Wow. <laughs> no, this is important. Okay. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like so. It's raw. It's the it's, it's the primordial soup out of which it is, and it's hilarious because it's just like lyrically, we'll get there. I'm not even saying. Okay, I will say that maybe like <laughs> you're backpedaling pretty hard here. <laughs> well, you're remembering wanna, all the other things that he did wrong later. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far ahead. And I will say that I feel similarly about With Teeth and Pretty Hate Machine, but like for very different reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. And that's the it, and in it's any, important. It's 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 groundbreaking and it's wonderful and we'll get there. Anyway. But that's that's another <laughs> one of the reasons that I feel like Trent Reznor is a very very interesting musician to cover is that in any Trent Reznor release, there's nuggets of gold. Yeah. And then there's also like what yeah. is this? Just like you rhymed these words together to do it, but you really didn't. He's almost Kanye esque in that he's mm-hmm. he's testing, he's pushing so many limits that like what works works, and then what doesn't is like confoundingly bad. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're faced with today because um, I'm not sure how this decision was made. I guess whatever producer he was working with said like, you know, as he was recording Pretty Hate Machine with so many good tracks, like had like a whole. Uh, terrible lie. Mm-hmm. Is heresy on there, or is that? Mm-hmm. No, that's no, broken. That's... Broken. Heresy is um, downwards. Downward spiral. spiral. Oh Jesus, I'm way out of myself. You're fine. Yeah. Okay. We get there. Um, <laughs> so I mean, our research today was basically just concerned with Trent Reznor's early life and this very, very first release, which again, a producer saw Trent recording all these wonderful songs and decided, you know what, let's do a teaser, get people really excited about the first Nine Inch Nails full-length album, and mm-hmm. they picked Down In It. <laughs> they picked Down In It, which is, I'm like, I can't even explain how, I mean, so it, it's got all the building blocks of a good Trent Reznor song, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, it's got, so, all right, let's, let's drop a little whispering. bit in here. It's, it's, it. Oh yeah, it's got a lot of, a lot of really, uh, some Trent tropes, yeah. if you will. Um, I actually took some notes. So, I mean, you can hear... It's, it's bad. Got, it's, got, it's got that heavy heavy drum line. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, it's, you know, not bad. It's got sort of a weird hip-hop bounce to it. Yeah, that's, which is good. That's what I feel like is one of the biggest things wrong with this. All right, but we can... Here, let's just let's give him a taste. Sometimes I don't believe in myself And I decided I was never coming down Just then a tiny little dark copper eye Was just a 
And this tiny dot. This tiny dot makes an appearance. Yeah, that's in our favorite. Oh is it with teeth? Yeah. Yeah. Like what is he, what are you talking about? So anyway. Anyway. Um, is the, like the tiny you, dot you a can metaphor? Hear his, his vocal patterning over these like these these dance drum loops. It's it's almost a white boy rap going on because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of intonation. He's just kind of singing, shouting. Now I got some feelings and I'm gonna tell you about oh, oh, wait, wait, them. And on. they we, rhyme and it's kind of This is this is very important. Yeah. He was up above it. Yeah. And now he's down in it. Yeah. Yep. Shut up, so what? That's the best way to start any <laughs> Shut up, so verse. What? <laughs> I just love it. I hate it, I hate it, but I love it. I just can't. Oh, but he, yeah, this is an important Trent trope. He does that whispering really close to the mic. Yeah. Man, everything works out. Yeah. I was up above it. Okay, so I feel like the audience has a pretty good idea of what yeah, this song's about. Yeah, I think Because yeah. it kind of goes on and on, and on and on and on. It lasts forever. It really does. Um... And since we're talking about this entire Halo, we had to talk about all three oh, fuck. songs in the single. <laughs> oh my god! So I mean, there's there's the original like single version, which is three minutes and forty seven seconds, which is mm -hmm. pretty generous mm -hmm. for radio play. Mm -hmm. um, and that mix was called Skin. Skin. I don't know why. No, who knows? Um, but then they had a much longer mix called Shred. Shred. Identical, but yeah, and just didn't end. It just kept, so, so it just similar. kept going on for six minutes and fifty six seconds. What I like about Shred, though, is that at the end, it kind of just has this this flamey yeah, but, fire. But also, there's it, no vocals at all, so you're actually free to rap yeah. over it on your own. So I feel like maybe this was an era when that was like something producers did instead of. Re releasing master tracks of their albums so other people could mix it. They'd just be like, all right, here's this little segment that you can drop in. Are they trying to be dance hall friendly is what I was thinking? Like maybe... I don't know. Yeah, this breakdown would like get people going, like really mixing it up in Cleveland. Who... <laughs> Yeah, what was, what was the scene like then, I wonder? I wish. I wish with all my heart that I could have known what the dance scene was like back then. Ugh. It's so, a uh, quick breakdown of the song. It's, uh, it's, it's like a... How would you describe it? It's like a breakup song? Or it's like... definitely a breakup song. It almost seems like a, an angsty... Like... Kind of pulling yourself out of whatever shitty place you're in i don't know well it just, we can, it, it, i feel like it's a very like cornerstone typical song like it's a relatable song especially when you get to rain rain go away we oh. all know that children's rhyme we all know it here let's let's go through some of the lyrics so maybe we yeah. can unlock some of its deeper meaning yeah um kind of like a cloud i was up way up in the sky and i was feeling some feelings you wouldn't believe yeah right? I, I wouldn't like believe it that that couplet kind of encompasses yeah. not only this song, but a, a lot of what he'll sing yeah. about. And sometimes I don't believe them myself. And I decided I was never coming down. Just then a tiny little dot caught my eye. <laughs> and it was just about too small to see. Maybe he had like those little, um, what are they called? Cataracts? Yeah, the little like, <laughs> the little floaty things in your eye. Maybe oh, those that's aren't, what he those aren't cataracts. No, no, you know what I mean though. Fun science fact. I think, I think those are like, um, when you're a baby, <laughs> Or, sorry, when you're a fetus... A fetus! Like, there's tons of veins actually going over your eyes uh -huh. while you're in the womb, that as it's like building your eyes. 
Yeah. Um, but then eventually, as you are borned, and then you start using your eyes. <laughs> borned. Like That's a technical term. There's there's like leftover veins just floating around on yeah. the surface of your eye. I have a you, lot of eye floaters. You do? A lot of them. Well, you have a lot of eye as well. You have very large eyes. I do. <laughs> but I like... I, I'll watch them sometimes when I'm just spacing out, which is a thing that I like to do often. And I have a lot of eye floaters. Just a little fun fact about me, in case you were wondering. All right, let's keep plugging through this. Uh, <laughs> well, shut up, so what? What does it matter now? You want to you keep going? I was swimming in the haze. Now I crawl on the ground. And again, we have the, the high-low contrast. Yeah. This almost, this definitely seems like, you know, some high school poetry Ooh, this class. This is good. It, this is oh. good. And everything I never liked about you is kind of seeping into me now. Try to laugh about it now. But isn't it funny how everything, everything works, works out. out? And then, I guess the joke's on me, she said. She said. What? Now we have a character. We now have, we have, we, yeah. have, we briefly have a character. We have a narrative foil. Ooh. English class. Mm. And then another a narrative foil. One thing that makes this song so fucking unbearable is that the chorus just comes up again and again yeah. and again. And again, it's down, down, I was down. up above it. <laughs> now I'm down in it. Now I'm down in it. I was up above it. <laughs> now I'm down in it. And he used to be so big and strong. He used to know his right from wrong. He used to never be afraid. He used to be somebody. And like, like, don't think that as much as we hate on this song and its lyrical, its lack of lyrical integrity that we're hating on Trent. We love him with all our heart. But oh, this is absolutely. just like what, what, sweetie. It's great. It's we great. Were, we were dreading this, by the way. I was, yeah, yeah. Like, I was not looking for, I was like, oh great, the first episode of this podcast that we've been incredibly excited to do is going to focus on just the EP of our nightmares. <laughs> we are down in it. We were up above yeah, and it's it. It's like and we, now we're down in we it. love Trent Reznor so much, and yet we <laughs> knew that our, our jumping off point into this podcast is just going to be this. This. So, so we, we listened to it on our own and uh, took some notes. Um, and one of your favorite things about it, well, least favorite things about it, is his use of like nursery rhymes. Yeah. He, so not only is he white boy rapping, he's like white boy rapping with like Aesop's fables. And I don't... I... I uh, why? Here, let me see if I can jump to that part of the track. Or maybe you can sing it for us. <laughs> Alright, you ready? I'll cross my heart and hope to die with the needles already in my eye. <laughs> okay. Alright, so, like, what? Um, so, the needle's already in my eye. So, what I love... Maybe, I, the, maybe the needle is the tiny dot that he was trying to trace. Oh, shit. Oh. Well, I mean, also, spoiler alert, we know that Trent Reznor later had some struggles with in injectable uh, opioids, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, heroin, I believe. Yep. Um, which uh, led to his greatest work, uh, The Downward Spiral. Yeah. 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 And then quitting those drugs led to his other greatest work, The Fragile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and again, Trent Reznor has worn so many so many different personas, but it's all been very genuine to who he was, you know? Uh-huh, like, yeah. I mean, that's... Can we can we have a little moment to talk about Bowie? <laughs> Just, can, we have a, can we have a Bowie minute? A Bowie minute. Because uh, recently, yeah, I mean, Bowie went back to space, mm -hmm. as we all know. We're honoring him here with a, a Bowie coffee mug, which is currently <laughs> holding some tequila and grapefruit juice. <laughs> um, but yeah, Trent Reznor later went on to work with one of the greats, David Bowie. Mm -hmm. 
And they recorded Afraid of Americans, mm -hmm. which I really like. Yeah, it's such a good track. It's a really good track. It does go on forever. It does, but like, it's one of those songs that I'm okay with going on forever. And it has a lot to, it, it, it takes on a lot of really big ideas. And you hear a lot of both of their individual, like, musical tastes, which I enjoy a lot because there's a lot of contrast, but there's also a lot of similarities. But yeah, uh, Trent really looked up to David Bowie, he says, like, as a father figure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, losing Bowie was, is so tragic, but it also sort of gives us, you know, we can we can honor how much that, you know, his, his inspiring, like, his, his uh, what do you call it? He's a chameleon, you know? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. and, and Trent sort of was as well. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, and you can hear it over, over the years in the different halos, for sure. Like, his... His sound changes a lot, but there's a lot Mercifully, of consistency. Mercifully, it changes yeah. because we are still down in it. <laughs> we, we, I think we've only played like one track. It just keeps fucking going. It won't stop. It doesn't stop. But it's again. This is like this is the uh, the the bitter root out of which eventually the uh, the blossoms of his later albums will grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This isn't. I mean, like, we'll talk about it more when we go over Pretty Hate Machine, but this absolutely is not the song I would have chosen to be Again, the first yeah. single. There's, there's so much good on Pretty Hate Machine, and yet they decided to go with Down In It. Yeah. Which, um, which ends with... I, sorry, I have to play this. They have, they have, they have no to hear way. it. They have to understand. He's down in it. He's down in it. He's down in it. up above it. And again, even even the studio cut, three minutes forty-seven seconds. That's a lot of down in it. All right, I think we're about to hit it. Oh, break it down. Here it is. Rain, rain, go, go <laughs> Rain, rain, go away. Come again some other day. And then, even then, even what? though he's 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 borrowing that nursery rhyme, he doesn't even sing it straight. Yeah. He goes, come again some other day. Yeah. And like I get, I guess, uh, I guess I get like where that idea fits into the song, but like it just feels so silly to me to put it in a song. So. um... Right now I have uh, Genius, I think the best lyric site on the internet, pulled uh -huh. up right now for Down In It. And it has little annotations on all these different lines. Um, and what I love is uh, like how, uh, how useless so many of these annotations are. Yeah. Let's see. Oh god, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. I was up <laughs> above it! Now I'm down in it. Dead air, no. Oh, in the music video for Down In It, Trent falls from a tall building to his death. A scene so convincing that the FBI investigated it as a snuff film. <laughs> Holy fuck. I never even knew okay, that. Okay, I take back everything I said about Genius.com. This is, this is some hot information. <laughs> I, Holy fuck. I'm going to admit right now that I've never even attempted to watch a music video for this song. I didn't know there was one. I d oh, this we is groundbreaking. We should have looked into it. I feel it. so unprepared. I know. <laughs> All of a sudden, I just feel so unconfident. Oh, no, we're man. good. We're good. We're gonna watch every music video from here on out, you guys. Don't even. That's worry one of the about amazing it. things about the Reznor verse is that from the very beginning, 
Like Trent was very TV friendly. Like he mm-hmm. was always popping up in a bunch of different places. Like he, uh, yeah, he was, I think that sort of that good old boy theater kid persona just sort of like, yeah, he had sort of this charm and he was easy to work with. Yeah. I feel like that's another reason we love Trent so much is that he's worked with so many people and has maintained great relationships with like everybody in the business. Yeah. I Except mean, like, Marilyn Manson, right? Well, we'll get there. Ugh. 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 Marilyn Manson. Ugh. And like, it's funny to me because he had that like bad boy partier kind of I'm angsty like persona, but he was such a polite, nice. I mean, he's from the Midwest. He's going to be polite. <laughs> It's a thing. Yeah. Rain, rain, go away, come again some other day. Yeah. I'll cross my heart and hope to die. Like but I the, just the needle's already in my eye. So he's been betrayed. He's been betrayed. And, and all the world's weight is on my back. And I don't even know why. But so there's a lot of there's a lot of little tropes that he uses again and again. Like mm-hmm. what I used to think was me is just a fading memory. Yeah. Like so much of his music is talking yep. about sort of this loss of identity. Which, fading memory. Which He's right a now, miles yeah. away all We're, the time. And it's like here's like here's his little world where he breaks up with a girl and then his whole concept of himself is busted down because he doesn't mm-hmm. know who he is anymore. And we've all been there. But then like his music gets so much bigger and he becomes like this huge star. And then that loss of identity sort of takes on another layer where it's like, you know, am I this, this, I, this persona that I've created? You know, am I, am I who the audience needs me to be? Mm-hmm. You know? So, so yeah, it's like, it's interesting watching his evolution. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But um, maybe we should introduce some fun segments. Because uh, <laughs> I feel like just us rambling about Trent will, uh, will be a little rough. Yeah. So, um... I don't know if you know this, Claire, but I enjoy doing terrible impressions. <laughs> oh, I know this. Yeah. Um, this is a thing that I definitely know about you. And uh, I wanted to do sort of an homage to another lost great. It's been a really rough year. Yeah. I, mean, I know we're dating ourselves here. It's 2016. It is 2016. Um, and we lost Bowie. Uh-huh. We also lost Alan Rickman, character uh-huh. actor. Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. Die Hard. General, just amazing man. And uh, his his cadence, I feel like, uh, can never truly be replicated. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to try. You're going to try. <laughs> Good. Let's do this. <laughs> so we're uh, we're gonna launch into our segment called Impressions. <laughs> impressions. <laughs> where what? Where one of us, probably me, is going to do a horrible impression of a, a some celebrity yeah, yeah, yeah. over Trent Reznor lyrics. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. So you can't see this, but I'm turning away from Claire to get into character. Okay. <clears throat> I was up above it, Mr. Potter. <laughs> now I'm down in it. <laughs> rain, rain, go away. Come again some other day. <laughs> and that's been impression. <laughs> Something else I had in my notes that I guess we should get out of the way is like, um, so for a really long time, I thought that when he was saying, I was up above it, mm-hmm. like until we started doing our research here, I was convinced he was saying, I was everybody. 
I was everybody. Which is like super confusing. Yeah. But like, make it, it all. It, it makes just about as much sense. Yeah. I was up above it. I was everybody. But yeah, I misheard it a bunch of different ways. Um, like, uh, I was on a bucket. <laughs> or, or you can ask me, uh, hey, you know, um, the animated cartoon Beavis and Butthead, were you more into Beavis or were you into Butthead? I was into Butthead! <laughs> um, I also have written here, Owen is a Muppet! <laughs> um, yeah, is this like a vote? <laughs> Is this like a vocal warm-up he recorded and then decided to, to make this the song? This is... That is all you. I've never... You've never misheard it? No. I've, I've misheard like a lot of I feel like I've misheard a lot of things. And I will certainly happily speak up when the time comes, but this is not... I guess like I, I felt like there was an implication that he was up above it because he is now down in it. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Also, um, <laughs> it's really interesting to me that he, he introduces this uh, this character, a rodent from the Southwest. Yeah. Uh, Arizona Bunny! <laughs> You're ridiculous. Arizona Bunny! Um, now I'm down in it. No, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> the Arizona Bunny is Arizona the Bunny. It's I mean, down in it. Yeah, like, I love lyrics. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're one of my favorite parts of music, in fact. Um but, really? But a lot of a, a lot of times I sort of tune out and just sort of fill in the gaps myself. And mm-hmm. this is one of those songs where I had to do that. Yeah. Well, how much time have we been... Oh, wow. It's uh, hitting about a half hour mark. Yeah. So, cool. Look at us. Yeah, look at us. Yeah. And it just keeps on going. So do you want to play How Much Angst? Yeah. Do you have one-liners ready for it? I don't. <laughs> Maybe we should play it next time. Let's play it next time. <laughs> I was just ready to hear what you had to say. Okay. I, I think the world is ready. I think the that. world is ready for what you have to say. Alright. Do you want do you want to hear my how much angst? Yeah. Just to give people an idea of the game. It's um we try to sum up how much angst is encapsulated in Trent Reznor's music at any particular halo. Yeah. Quick note. Uh, all of his releases are sequenced into halos. Uh-huh. We don't know why they're called that. Uh, but there are, I believe, 27 or 28 in the neighborhood of, in the late 20s. Yeah, the late there are 20s many halos. halos. This is halo number one. We're starting from the very, very beginning. Yeah, and the reason why we're starting with a single instead of starting with Pretty Hate Machine was because we really just wanted to go through every halo. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to be extremely thorough here. And, you know... He has so many side projects as well. I don't know where they fit into the Halo scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But a free Halo might be fun just to say, uh, how much angst? Yeah. So uh, it's time to play How Much Angst. So how much angst was Trent Reznor feeling when he recorded Down In It? Mm-hmm. He had the angst of a teenager whose black jeans got torn when his wallet chain got caught in a bench. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the idea. No, 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 no. You get the idea? He had as much angst as the teens, like the the bottom two inches of their Jinko jeans got wet when they went outside and it was raining. (laughs) I get get it. it. (laughs) You you get the game. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. So should we just try to do... that shit sucks. Should we just try to do one each every time so that we don't run out? 
Yeah, I mean, unless you have more I mean, eggs. I, I wrote like four or five. Go for it. They're not all that Let's good. hear it. No. All right. Let's hear the bad um, ones. We're talking okay. about one of the worst songs. Okay. Let's hear um, everything you got. Um, all right, let's bring it out. So how much angst was Trent Reznor feeling when he recorded Down In It? Mm-hmm. He was feeling the angst of when your friend said they weren't doing anything, but later on you found out they were hanging out with people <gasps> and it, you weren't invited. No! <laughs> But I feel like that one's pretty general. Right. We've all been there. Right. Oh, you're not hanging out with anybody? Then what's that orange Julius cup doing in your cup holder in your car? Right. That was the old social media. Yeah. yeah. You'd see like receipts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you weren't drinking orange Julius yesterday because I was with you yesterday. Okay. Bad friend. Okay. You want, you want to drop another how much angst? I mean, this is off the cuff for you. I don't right? know if I... Yeah, I don't have anything prepared. You do another one. And all right. I'll I'll do, I got another one. Um... So, how much angst was Trent Reznor feeling when he recorded down in it? He had uh, as much angst as a 13-year-old who found out their lip piercing, their mom said it was okay for them to get, mm -hmm. just got infected. No! <laughs> Can you get a lip piercing at 13? Is that a thing I just made up? Um, there are kits that allow you to do it yourself. Oh, I had friends in high school who had lip piercings. A kit? A kit. So it, piercing it like, kits. It's like a gun. Yeah, you can get a gun. You can get a piercing gun. Piercing guns also, are horrible. Also, don't pierce your lip with a piercing gun, yeah. kids. Please don't. It's Wait. bad for your skin. So this is a message to kids in the 90s. Yeah, kids in the 90s. Kids in the 90s, don't pierce your lip with a piercing gun, okay? Don't even pierce your ears with a piercing gun. Use a fucking needle and just... It hurts, okay? It's gonna hurt. Just If you want the piercing, you have to deal with the pain. All right, so now we just need to load this podcast into a Voyager probe. Yeah. Have it slingshot around a black hole, travel backwards in time, mm -hmm. 25 years. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have saved some kids some, uh, yeah. some, some gooey infections. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, well, I once had, um, I don't know if you remember in the early 2000s when surface piercings were a thing. They still are, and I still don't get it. Yeah. They're not as much anymore because dermal piercings replace them, so they look like surface piercings, but instead it's just an icky surgical procedure that's illegal in many states. But I had a, I had a, um, a surface piercing in my neck, like a nape oh, piercing. Oh, did it have like the two holes? Yeah, and it was like a two-inch long needle, and it was bent in a certain way Ugh. that it just never healed. It constantly tugged on the skin, and my hair got caught in it, so I Ugh. feel like that, yeah, it was terrible. Oh, that sounds like hell. For the record, it was not infected, it just didn't heal. <laughs> but I had it for six months, and then I got rid of it. What is the difference between not getting infected and not healing? Because, doesn't... well, well, when you when it doesn't heal, like, it pusses, but it wasn't, like, Ugh. red and inflamed Ugh. and icky. Ugh. It just wouldn't heal. So you decided you had so a I fucking Frankenstein so bolt on the back of your neck. That's how much angst this song is. My fucking surface piercing nice. that I didn't pay for. My friend was having sex with the piercer and he did it for free. But it didn't heal and that was very frustrating because it was so cool. All my friends thought I was so cool. Nobody had a neck piercing in Madison, Wisconsin. It's worth noting that Claire is a big aficionado of body modification. Yep, how I many, am. How many tattoos do you have? I have 16 tattoos and I have had 10 piercings. Wow. I currently only have one septum piercing. And like my ears that never heal. Right. I have tiny butthole you have ear holes because they used Wait, to be stretched. Did you just say tiny butthole? Yeah, tiny butthole ear holes. Like, oh. you know, when you stretch your ears and then they yeah, don't ever heal, sure. they look like... 
I always call them tiny buttholes. <laughs> yeah, they look like little buttholes. People listening to the podcast who have stretched their ears will know what I mean when I say tiny butthole ear holes. That's tight butthole, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. Oh, no. Oh, God. That's, that's what we get. That's what I get. <laughs> no, that's a different terrible song. It is. Yeah, that's another, <laughs> that's another worst song. Some more ground we've got to cover. <laughs> Um, yeah. What I always wondered about those surface piercings is like, so there's those two little contact points, right? Mm-hmm. Two little, two little chunks of metal. Uh-huh. Like, what if you held like a nine volt battery up to them? Ugh. Right? Would you, would you get a little, woo? Ugh. Like, is that That just people, gave me like a shiver thinking about is it. Is that why people get them? Yeah. No. <laughs> why well, do people maybe. get them? Because they look neat. Do they? I think people think they look neat. It was a fad. Wait, do you have a scar? Yeah, I have a scar. Let me check it out. I have like two dots in the back of my neck. Oh. Mm. Mm. It almost looks totally diagonal. Was it not straight? It might have been diagonal. <laughs> it was free. And the guy did a terrible, terrible, terrible job. Like he bent the the thing on his own and it was horrible. But he also pierced my nose, like the my nostril, and that was fine. That stayed in for a couple of years. But then it fell out of my sleep, and I was too much of a sissy to push uh, it back through. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, here's one thing. Um, when did you first become aware of the music of Nine Inch Nails? Oh, yeah. Um, so my mom was a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. What? Yeah! Get out! <laughs> yeah. That was not what I expected yeah. to hear. No, my mom was a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. So when I was a kid... She had all of his stuff, um, and I was not allowed to listen to it. My dad would hide her cassettes when she was away, because he babysat me. So he wait, 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 wait. So your mom would be out of the house? Yeah. And your dad would be like, no way is No my way are you girl. listening to this. Yeah, he would hide, nice. he would hide a bunch of media from me. Um, but I liked it. I didn't really know what was going on, but I remember seeing the video for Closer and just becoming completely enamored oh. by how oh, yeah. weird it was. I feel like video for Closer was like, that was the, that that was was the, it. That was the rabbit hole into yeah. loving Trent Reznor. Yeah. Um, my mom couldn't find a sitter and I actually went to a Nine Inch Nails show when I was a kid. And I don't remember it. And I wish I did. It was like... <laughs> was that in Madison, Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, I think it was at like the Coliseum. I'll look it up, and when we get to um, Downward Spiral, I'll have the your exact mom information. was a nine. My mom was a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. Wow. Yeah. Wow. She was into all that shit. She got me into like sneaker pimps and like the whole trip hop. She was awesome. That's why you're so cool. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Yeah. So um, it wasn't a lot. It, it was actually so I liked. I liked the video for Closer. I was not allowed to listen to it. Every once in a while, I would bring out Downward Spiral and pop it in and like have it in the background. But it wasn't until the video for Perfect Drug that I just like fell in love with the weirdo of, that was Trent Reznor. And I remember like staring at the TV, just like, "What is that?" My mom was just like, "That's Nine Inch Nails. Um, you're still too young, so don't worry about it." So yeah, how old were you when you like really understood that there was? a Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor, and you could listen to it on your own. Um, Perfect Drug. So I was 10. That was 97. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Early adopter. Yeah. yeah. Well, not to get like too deep, because we'll talk about it more later, but um, I got into Nine Inch Nails right about then. When I was 11, my mom passed away, 
And then the next year, The Fragile came out, and I like bought it, and I was just like, oh, I'm gonna continue her legacy. And I bought it, and I listened to the first half of it, and it was so heartbreaking that I put it away and never <laughs> listened to it for like, I don't think I picked it up again for like three years. But yeah. Would you say that's your deepest pain? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got that on the first episode of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Now we now we understand a little something about Claire Dickerson. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> Do you want to hear my way less interesting yeah. story about Yeah. When did you first hear about <laughs> that? Fuck. Um, you should have started. <laughs> How are you going to follow that? My mom was into it and then she died. What's right. your story? While the Fragile was in production. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Um, so me... Uh, Honestly, like, my introduction to music at all is kind of, like, spotty. Because, like, my parents, of course, loved the Beatles. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad listened to a ton of Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. And my mom loved Carlos Santana. So whatever. Like, I had sort of, like, the yeah. classic rock main, my parents mainstream, all that too. mainstream norm core kind of shit. Mm -hmm. um, and then the first, like, kind of rebellious music I ever heard was actually Linkin Park. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Park when they first came so, out. So yeah, it was I hybrid theory. It. Oh, I loved it. I was in like, I was in like eighth grade. I was in eighth grade when that shit came yeah. out, and I ate it up. I, was I sick, loved I was in, it. Uh, sixth grade. Uh, sixth grade. So I was just discovering that society sucks. And, uh, <laughs> but what the interesting thing about Lincoln Park is that sort of. In every aspect of their music, it's almost like an army recruitment ad mm -hmm. because it's just like, I have so much pain yeah. and now I just want to hurt people. Yeah. You know, and that's, and yeah, even like Hybrid Theory, their album is like a soldier holding with butterfly wings or whatever the shit. It's so weird. Anyway, so I was listening to that and then, um, <laughs> then I was, then I, I was listening to the radio in my room and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool song. And it, that was Stained. Um, so, I, so, I, so I started listening to Stained. Um, and then I heard, what was, what was that other really, really shitty song? So it was Nickelback, um, um, Wanna Fix It, But Not A Right Now. I don't know. Um, oh, God. Well, it was Nickelback. Yeah. So I was listening to the trifecta of shittiest music uh -huh. of, like, 1996. No, not 96. No, no, that was early, early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah, 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 probably like 2002. Yeah. I was listening to Linkin Park, Stained, and Nickelback. Uh -huh. But then I, I met sort of a cool music friend in middle school, and that's uh -huh. that was the beginning of my transformation, because he was like, hey man, check this shit out, yeah. and, um, and hit me with the downward spiral, which I was like... I was blown away. Like, I couldn't believe this is what music could sound like. Yeah. Like, I was so used to just sort of like, you know, guitar and feelings and whatever. Mm -hmm. I was so used to just like the basic building blocks of mainstream radio play music. Yeah. And then I hear I heard all these break beats and, and Trent Reznor, like, just sort of experimenting with all these different textures. And I, I fucking loved it. Yeah. But at the same time, I was really scared by it. <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, I think, God, I... I want to say like when Nickel like when Nickelback and all that stuff was in like like growing up in in Madison. I actually went to high school in Columbus, Wisconsin, and I ugh, I is can't that a smaller even, town than Columbus, Ohio? I would say probably. I would say absolutely. Um, it's about five thousand people. My graduating class was like hundred and twenty. Oh man. 
And everybody loved... It was like a bunch of like farmery kind of backwoodsy boys who loved Nickelback. Loved fucking Hinder and all that shit. And they'd be like, oh, you listen to rock? What do you like? And I'd just be like, I listen to Nine Inch Nails in a perfect circle. Wait, a perfect circle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that was, that was in my wheelhouse. Yeah. No fucking doubt about it. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, I got into Downward Spiral, and then also like Fragile came out, and like I what I really loved about Fragile was like all the instrumental stuff, you know, uh-huh. like the, the um, we're in this together now, or like the the really intense like bam 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 bam. Yeah, um, there's and, a lot of really good stuff on the Fragile. Yeah. I can't like, wait to talk about that. Oh, one. Jesus. So I <laughs> so in addition to listening to uh, the worst music, mm-hmm. I was also listening to things that barely qualify as music. Um, I, we had a subscription to like Mac Addict magazine, mm-hmm. which was a thing for people who have Macintosh computers and yet still want to experience things like games, uh-huh. which were very rare yeah. on, on that platform. Mm-hmm. That was Mac, yeah. Um, totally. So we would get CDs in the mail of all these different demos and, and games and things. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is you could take these game discs, which are meant for your computer, and you could put them in a CD player mm-hmm. and then it would just have a track listing of the video game mm-hmm. soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So I would seriously have my little fucking CD player <laughs> bul- bulging out of the pocket of my hoodie. Uh-huh. Oh my um, god, yeah. And then my crappy little headphones in, and I would just listen to fucking video game soundtracks. That is insane. Yeah. Um, I still so remember, like... I would listen to the soundtrack from like Mech Warrior. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would listen to the soundtrack from like Souls in the System, or, or like Myth soul blighter i like, hope that there's like one person <laughs> listening to this and, and they're, they're like, just yeah! like oh, i listened to that too i have no idea what you're talking about no there is one there it. is one person doing that and that's my twin brother <laughs> oh he's gonna listen to this I, who knows <laughs> shout out to dakota <laughs> now he's um, down in it now he's down in it i hope he gets down in it with us yeah that'd be fun um so another <laughs> thing is my parents were like um in contrast to yours, this is fun. We have sort of a setup of a, of, your, of your mother being a Nine Inch Nails fan. Uh-huh. And my mom was, I mean, as much of a hippie as she was, her name is Skye, and she's a wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but she kind of ruled the house with an iron fist when it came to culture. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't have TV for a long time. Yeah. Um, if we got toys, you know, like G.I. Joes or Army Men, mm-hmm. she would uh, castrate them. She would, she would get a pair of scissors and cut the guns. Yeah, no, my mom did that too. So yeah, yeah. So did I wasn't allowed to have toys with guns. Toys um, with guns. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have any kind of violent anything. But when it came to music and like art, my mom was just like not like I was. When I was a kid, I remember she would let me watch like Bram Stoker's Dracula and Interview with the Vampire and stuff. And my dad would be like, "Why are you letting her watch this?" There's titties and rape and murder everywhere and my mom would just be like she doesn't understand it she's young and like i want like she needs to understand artistic expression but when it mm. came to guns and toys absolutely not well i understand that a lot yeah because it's like well then like why do you need it why does a to- why does a piece of plastic need a gun right yeah and also it's sort of like advocating the idea that violence is fun yeah whereas like when it's portrayed in things like bram Stoker's dracula yeah like, obviously a werewolf raping a woman is like a horrible thing right and that's what establishes Dracul yeah, as yeah. a villain. Right. Know? And I, I certainly never dreamt of being a werewolf raping a woman. I did dream of Sadie Frost's breasts a lot. There, yeah, there is some um, good nudity in yeah. that. Oh, she's, oh, God, incredible. But anyway, I digress. Oh, right. So my mom kind of ruled the house with an iron fist when it came to culture. No TV. 
uh, no toys with guns, mm-hmm. um, no video games. So mm-hmm. like, and that was that was a tough pill to swallow because yeah. I was coming of age in the golden era of video games. Yeah. So we missed out. So we had like the original Nintendo, which has a role in my life because supposedly my dad was playing the original Nintendo Legend of Zelda uh-huh. when my mom came home and said her water broke. Oh no! So, <laughs> so video games have been a part of my life literally since before I was out of the womb. Um, so we. We were able, I mean, we were like itty bitty kids. Uh-huh. Like Nintendo Home Entertainment System came out in like 89. Mm-hmm. I came out in 89. <laughs> so, you know, we were, when by the time Mario 3 was in the house, we were like barely able to figure out how control pads worked. Yeah. So we would always need dad to help us out, jump over the, jump over the, the, the tubes and turtles. Oh, I, I certainly grew up on Nintendo. It was like, dad, we're at the hard part again. And then he would need to come in and jump over the stuff. Oh, balls. that's sweet. Um, but by the time Super Nintendo came out, we had hand-eye coordination. Yeah. So, so we were all about Super Nintendo. And then my mom said, you know what? Fuck video games. No. <laughs> so we missed out on the entire N64 era. Of no. Games. Yeah. Yeah. N64 yeah. is easily the best if, video game era. If that is an era to miss, yeah, uh, I know. I'm gonna buy a Nintendo 64, and you're just gonna. <sighs> yeah, what we ended up everything. doing, what we ended up doing, <laughs> is like just having like friendships with other kids that was based solely around the fact that they had an N64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I need Perfect Dark. I just need to get my fix. Let's go hang out with what's his name. Uh, yeah. He's gonna fucking N64. I just need to. F- I just need to find out what Skull Kid is doing. Oh, and oh, and the other thing about it. N64 is like there were so many wonderful single player games that yeah. were like just immersive and fun. Yeah. And it's like we never got to play that shit because you go to a friend's house, they're not just gonna watch you play right. Mario 64. They're not gonna watch you play Ocarina of Time. <sighs> um, so my mom ruled the house with an iron fist. None of that she would. Mm-hmm. So but when it came time that we were getting interested in music, like Jesus, she even told us like. Oh, our sister got us, uh, our cool sister, mm-hmm. um, got us like a Papa Roach CD for our birthday. <laughs> and I I don't think my mom even knew their music. Uh. She, she just took one look at the fucking CD cover and was like, ugh, and decided like, this isn't for you. We're going to return it and get our money back. And, and of course, like that made it like, oh, what's up with, what's going on with Papa Roach, man? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, all in all, you know, no harm done. Papa Roach is garbage. Right. She, um, she may have helped you dodge a bullet. This is my last resort. Like, why would your first single be about killing yourself? Why wouldn't it? Well, I guess. <laughs> so, so yeah, but <laughs> why wouldn't we, it? we would basically have to hide our music taste from our mom because, like, we were also listening to shit like System of a Down. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They were good and bad. They were all right. But, yeah, I was like, I, I, we were listening. I remember we had our music on at a reasonable volume. She was, she was also a volume cop. Oh if she ever God. if she ever saw us listening to headphones and then it was like we had to we had to establish we had like the Geneva conventions like it must be at 7 or lower we don't want to damage your delicate hearing young man <laughs> yeah, which is not how my mom sounds or talks no no she's um, a sweetie but she's, she's great yeah no i didn't have any of that i had like kind of free reign over with the exception of my father trying like my mom my mom really got me into madonna when i was younger your mom is really, was we've like, established your mom is extremely cool. She was cool. so cool. Um, and she was just like, here's a strong woman who needs to be your idol. So she got me into Madonna, and I remember she bought me... Or no, she didn't buy it. We recorded it off TV. We recorded one of her concerts. And during Like a Virgin, she like thrusts around on a bed and like oh, rolls yeah. around on and it. And there's like the strobe lights and it's yeah. all there. Yeah. And my dad would hide that tape. He didn't <laughs> want me to watch it. 
And my mom was just like, no, she's going to be an independent woman. She has to be able to understand this stuff. And my dad was just like, absolutely not. But I would find it. He wasn't very good at hiding stuff. <laughs> so I would find it and I'd watch it. And my Always mom, one step ahead. Yeah, my mom was cool with me watching it. So I definitely, I don't know. I didn't have very many barriers. Um, good for you. Yeah. I, and I guess I was the cool friend. Like, my best friend lived across the street. Her parents were really hard on them. Like, they didn't have... They weren't allowed to watch MTV until they were older. They had video games, but they just, like, were not allowed to be exposed to media that would give them any bad ideas. Mm. So I was kind of, like, the cool friend who had access to all of that. Nice. Yeah. Were you smoking? Did you smoke no, cigarettes? No. <laughs> baby tag. No, I was not a baby tag. <laughs> shout out to Tig Nataro. Yeah, shout we, out to Professor Blastoff. We love you. <laughs> David Huntsberger is our favorite. Well, I mean, you're all our favorites. You're all, yeah. I mean, like Kyle's riddles. David is David's the, my favorite. David is my he's favorite. He's the unsung hero of that podcast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> we've both um, been binging the shit out of Professor Blastoff lately, so... So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to translator albums when, because, uh, like, closer, even broken. Uh huh. Like, oh, uh, broken. Fuck. Like, fixed, the, really, I have no interest in fixed. I haven't really listened to it. We, we'll uh, have to get through it. It'll be another one of these where we just ramble. Some of the remix albums, I'm just like, I get it, and I understand, like, how important they are and, like, how much people love them. I love some remixes, but, like, they're not my favorite. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of Nine Inch Nails remixes, I feel like, are skippable. Like, things Falling Apart is a great album. There's some really incredible things. Oh, we're going to have to do like live albums, too. Yes! Okay, Nine Inch those, Nails live music is my halos? favorite. Yeah, and all that could have been. Is, is, go- a, is Ghosts is a, halo. a Halo? Ghosts is a Halo, yep. Oh, but yeah, that's that's all instrumental. That's not live. Cool. Um, I think the only live Halo is And All That Could Have Been. And it's easily... My favorite. I love it so much. We're just... <sighs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to his later stuff because like that's that's the dangerous kind of music and like the songwriting and like also the, just the aggressive like synth, yeah. synth beats he was dropping. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of shit that my mom would be horrified to know that I was listening to. Yeah. So that's like I had to smuggle that kind of stuff into the house which is always on like of course burned CDs with like marker on it. So. Mm-hmm. Trent Reznor. Although I probably should have just written like Sarah McLachlan or yeah, something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, didn't think of that. But, right. But yeah. I mean, unless she tried to, unless she was like, oh, I love that Angel song. Oh, and yeah. Put it in and be, be like, like oh, nah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I'd just like to close out the show with maybe one fun activity. Okay. So in the shred mix of Down In It, there's just this like two minutes of nothing but drum beats. Uh-huh. Which um, I feel like we could, uh, we could try rapping over. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not going to be freestyle. I'm not that good. What I've decided to do instead is... Uh, oh, good. Yeah, all right. Ready? Oh, we're going to... Okay, so we're going to rap over it with other children's rhymes. Miss Susie had a steamboat. Steamboat had a bell. Miss Susie went to heaven. The steamboat went to hello operator. Give me number <laughs> nine. If you disconnect me, I'll kick you from behind. Oh my god, I remember this. Behind the refrigerator, there lay a piece of glass. Miss Susie sat upon it and cut her little. Ask me no more questions. Tell me no more lies. Do you remember like the hand <laughs> thing that went to this? Not really. I do. Oh, here we go. Oh, my man. My man. All right, I think we nailed this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did it. Wait, wait, wait. 
We nine inch nailed it. Whoa! Whoa! And that's been podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week. We're gonna finally get into the meat and potatoes of Trent Reznor, and uh, and uh, deal with uh, Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. Which has a lot of ups and downs. A lot of ups for me. Yeah. Maybe a lot some of downs, downs for me. A lot of downs. I for you. will be positive. There's a lot I like about it. When I say it's my least favorite, I don't say that I hate it. I just love so much. So much more. We'll definitely have a lot less unilateral hatred. Yeah. Because <laughs> Down In It is horrible. <laughs> it is a horrible song, and we just listened to like 40 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> God. But I'm glad we made it. We, we did it. Yeah. This, we did it. We, we were up above it, but you know what? Now we're down in it, and it's fine. And it's we're right. so glad to be down in it with you. Yeah. Thanks for listeners. being down in it with us. Wherever you are. So, um. Yeah. I feel good about it. Should we have a sign-off? No. We can find a better place in this twilight. Getting way ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> that is, um... Rain, rain, go away. <laughs> Come again another day for more Trent Talk. I'm Shia Carey. <laughs> I'm Claire Dickerson. Join us next time for Pretty Hate Machine. Yay!